Listeners, welcome back to the first official podcast episode of the new FPL season. This is the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast, your one-stop shop for everything to do with the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League League. I'm Taylor. I'm Evan. And we're here to walk you through game week one. Evan, how are you doing? Wow. It's uh, good to be back. And... um... Feels like we never left. I know I've been busy over the summer. I'm sure you have too. So it just kind of flew by, especially towards the end. Um, it just kind of snuck up on me uh, that that game week one deadline. So, Definitely. but I will say, lead just in the few days leading up to the games, it, I was getting really excited about just watching again. I was so pumped um, to see the new new teams, watch some uh, new signings, um, and we'll get into some of those, I'm sure. But it's just good to be back. It is so good to be back. Yeah, my experience this year was uh, that once preseason started, it seemed like there was no time at all from when preseason started to when the regular season started. It seemed to go by really, really quickly. And then, and then, like at a certain point, maybe like a week or five days before the season started, like a switch flipped in my brain, and I was like all FPL all the time. I could not get enough. Yeah, that's it's that's just the way it happens. Every season is like that. It's just it's just chaos and and then all of a sudden it's here. Um wow. So welcome everyone. <laughs> this is, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone. This is a, this is the biggest league we've ever had. It's massive. It's so um, massive. It's so great to have to have so many people in the league. It's um it's truly an honor. <laughs> I think it is an honor, yeah. 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 This is like, this is the most excited I've been going into a season, not just because of the, um, you know, FPL and whatnot, but yeah, just because of the range of folks we have in the league, some people who, um, I know some people I don't know, some people I know tangentially, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun mix. Nice. Well, with that, uh, should I go ahead and read out everybody's names and team names? I'm not going to really worry about, um, naming ranks because people are tied for different things and uh we won't worry about that now but uh in the future we will of course you know go down the league table as ranks but um but let's go ahead and introduce everyone so first up uh we've got the bruise matthews with william spicer we've got uh well possibly two different names we've got sunrise sunset but also sunderland till i die uh, Tim Griffith. That's been going. That's one. One was first, and then another one. I don't know which one's the current one. I think uh, it's Sunderland till I die. Currently. Okay. Okay. Then we've got Baby Billy's Ball Boys, which is me. Um, we've got <laughs> Kai Havertz in the league, um, which is also known as Wyatt Keener. Uh, we've got Salt Lake City FC. That's Evan Hare. We've got Dude Perfect, Jake Hare. We've got If I Can Have You, Jeffrey Lancaster, CGFPL official, Jerry Groth. Nice to have the official CGFPL account in our league. Yes, and the producer for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we've got probably my favorite name in the league, De Bruyne Identity, Zach Wolf. And we've got iTest Incorporated, which is our very own Taylor Hare. Gotham FC, which is Hunter Hawes. A will be mad if I win, James Irvin. Haven't Joe to clue, which is Will Sloan. Now I'm mad, Disson. That's Eli Estes, my brother. 
John Joe's Goggles, Robert Griffith, uh, Renata. I don't think I've ever seen John Joe wear goggles. Does he wear goggles? No, he does the the little. Oh, uh, that's right. The, that's the it. eye, the, his little celebration. Nice. Rob loves John Joe Shelby. If you don't know, uh, we've got Naptown FC, which is Reed Zimmerman. We've got Owobi Wan Kenobi, Tyler Scruggs, my cousin, and Obi Wan Basaka, Andy McBroom. And last but not least, we've got a new entry, Ethan Utterback, Harry's Hater. Um, so there we have it. We've got, uh, geez, uh, a lot of people in the league. This is great. I think it's like 18 people. So um, welcome one, welcome all. And yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But we've got almost a full, like actual Premier League table. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's very true. close. We just need two more. <laughs> wow. We could start relegating people. <laughs> no there's an idea we we have to only have 20 and, and uh you know the bottom three you know sayonara you're out well, and, what uh, would we call the second second tier of our league <laughs> oh i don't know cgfpl duh <laughs> uh uh cgfpl buh siri buh um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what's the CGFPL championship. <laughs> yeah, probably. What's the German second league? The oh uh, no, what the Bundesliga it? two, I think. Yeah, Bundesliga two. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, mimicking the actual Premier League, um, this is y'all hot off the press. This is a huge, cannot be overstated, corporate global fantasy Premier League announcement that we have coming down the pipe. It was an executive decision that we made approximately five minutes ago, but I have not been more excited about anything in uh, FPL since I started playing. So Evan, do you want to drop this uh, new kind of announcement about how we're going to be running the league next year? Yes. So this uh, has implications for this season as well. So I'll just give you a brief summary. Taylor can provide some uh, additional details if there are any. Um Essentially, uh, starting next season, uh, the CGFPL franchise is going to introduce the European tournament. And so what that's going to look like is uh, we will have uh, you will have to qualify through various methods that Taylor can get into. Um, so starting this season will be the qualification. And then next season, we will introduce an FPL draft, which will um, which will solidify the the best of the best in the CGFPL world in Europe. Um, and so that's going to act as our Champions League, our Europa League, um, our Europa Conference League. <laughs> um, Heaven forbid. Yeah, right. So it will be very exclusive. Um, it'll be limited in number. You will have to qualify. Um, so uh, be on your best behavior this season. And uh, and the best of luck to you. And And we'll see you all next season for the introductory FPL draft. Um, and we'll, there will be more details to come, but Taylor, do you want to talk about uh, maybe how many or how, how people can qualify, uh, you know, this season for, for the Europa conference champions, whatever we're going to call it next season. Yeah. So what we're thinking right now is, and we're open to different forms this can take. So if in the discord, you have a different idea for how this might work, we're, we're totally open to it. But what we're thinking right now is, um, the top five teams in the corporate global fantasy premier league will qualify 
for a spot in corporate global Europe. Um, and also that sixth spot will go to the winner of the zombie league. So the fantasy, the corporate global Europe, this draft league that's going to run parallel to these two other leagues, the zombie league and the regular league, um, it will have six people. So there'll be five qualifying from the regular league. And then one qualifying is the winner of the zombie league. And if those happen to overlap, so if the winner of the zombie league is also in the top five of the regular league, then uh, it'll be the top six from the regular league. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a little bit more, um, it like, it's just another thing to add on. So we wanted to make sure that, uh, folks who are like particularly invested will, will, um, will have a chance to play that, but also a draft league is such that you can't really have 18 players in it in the way that we have in a regular league. So we've got to kind of cut it down somehow. So this is how we're doing it. Um, best of luck in your qualification for Europe, you know, um, it could be a, a real blessing. You know, there's perhaps <laughs> there's TV rights uh, to be gained by being <laughs> in Europe, TV money. Yeah. But but, you know, you're going to have to have a deeper squad. You're going to have to you're going to have to worry about rotation. You're going to have to worry about playing those extra midweek games. It's going to yep. be difficult. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can attract some new talent. Yes, <laughs> you'll give your fans the experience of a lifetime is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if y'all have questions about it, feel free to let us know. We're still very early in um, kind of sculpting all of this, so uh, there will be more details to come as as uh, as we uh, decide on what what it's going to be. But that gives you a good good idea. So yeah, yeah hope hope y'all are excited about that. I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, just just a little sneak peek i'm also i'm in an fpl draft with a few people um that are not in this league it's some people from albuquerque that i know um and so i'm kind of going through that i'll get some good feedback from that on how how it works and so hopefully um next season when we do the draft of our own um it'll it'll go pretty smoothly yeah yeah i'm mostly excited for uh adding a like another element of competition to not just like the very top of the league, but like a little yes. bit lower down, giving that some edge to it. Um, Cause I, I imagine this will impact probably players like, you know, one through nine or 10 at the very least in the league. So um. definitely. And there's usually, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the seasons for like the, the regular table have been like, at some point we kind of realize who's going to be, the winner or at least maybe the top two. Yeah. Uh, but there's always, there's always like a race for like top four, top five ish. Um, and so I think introducing that will make that also more exciting. Something else to watch. We love the narrative. So that's something for us to do on the podcast is to keep track of that and, um, and give something, something for everyone to play for. Um, because, you know, it's, it's tough, especially now with 18 people in the league, you know, you have a one in 18 chance of of winning but you know having you know four or five qualification spots gives you better odds at um at least getting something additional if that's something that you want so um totally. yeah awesome uh well with that out of the way that um special announcement uh the plan for today is for evan and i just to like quickly recap our thoughts on the games from this week we're gonna go down um starting with the burnley man city game and then kind of go down ending with the man united wolves game um, and just touch in brief on 
how the games went and perhaps any kind of fantasy implications that came out of those games. Um, and we're going to try to move through that fairly quickly. And then we'll close with um, Evan's inaugural dress to the false nines uh, segment. So you have that to look forward to at the, at the end of the episode. Um, so without further ado, um, Evan, do we want to talk about uh, Burnley Man City? Did you Let's watch this? Did you watch this game or any of it? Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of watching in and out. I didn't catch much of the first half. I saw most most of the second half. Um, so I don't know that I have like the strongest opinion. But um, did you did you watch? Were you able to watch the full game? I watched. No, I watched like maybe uh, the first like fifteen minutes, and I saw Holland score, and I was like, "This is this is done." <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I just watched a little bit. Yeah, I mean. I honestly don't know how there's there's some things to say I think as far as the actual games the game itself so putting fantasy aside for a second I think it was pretty close to what people expected yeah. um I thought I think maybe you know but thinking about how both teams played what people were expecting that and even the outcome I think maybe I think people maybe expected Burnley to possibly get a goal out of it maybe mm-hmm. um although they did have plenty of chances um but other than that i think it was pretty honestly probably the more the probably like the standard like the most predictable scoreline out of this um out of this run this group of fixtures so i don't know that i have anything to add for the particular like state of play during the game but i think there are some interesting people to talk about, especially if on, for Man City. I don't know that I have anyone in particular on Burnley to talk about. Do you? No, I don't think so. I I have Bayer, Bayer, the yeah. the like 4.0 defender okay. in my team um, who played and I, it looks like he got subbed at some point. I don't know at what point that happened or for what reason. Okay. Um, but uh, let's see. Does this tell me? Oh, it doesn't tell me when he got subbed. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Burnley other than that. They, they looked like fun, like more fun than the Burnley we're used to. And I'm <laughs> glad they're back in the league. Um, and we'll be offering a little bit more perhaps offensively than we're used to seeing from that team. Um, but the man city stuff is really interesting. I mean, I, I got, you know, I bought into, I was tempted by the John stones yep. in defense thing thinking that you know pep now has a defender that he will play because there was so much hype around that kind of tactical innovation that he pulled last year with stones kind of moving from the right wing into um a more like kind of midfield eerie position almost like trent alexander arnold in a way um and apparently that's just not what he was thinking for this game i don't know if that's going to be a long-term tactical thing and how much of a role stones is going to play but Quick hint, I've already gotten John Stones out of my team. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I already made the move from Stones to Reese James. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Because uh, I I was uh, annoyed with myself that I allowed myself to get sucked into like a pep situation where I was like trying to guess his his brain, and I just didn't want to have any, any more part of it, well, basically. I- I don't know if you saw, but he's flagged in the game as a, an injury. Yeah, I so didn't see that. I don't know how much of that is an actual injury or he just didn't want to play Stones or what. 
But yeah, it's a little frustrating. I think a lot that's probably like one of the bigger talking points from City was that Stones just didn't play at all and everyone expected him to. And it's very annoying because everyone was pretty much expecting like there's good odds of a clean sheet here. So uh, there's a lot of people that had John Stone subs. Did you have Stones as well? Yeah, I do have you Stones. Did. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little frustrating. So I'm, I've been toying around with just doing a straight swap between him and like Akanji or mm. one of the other one of the other city defenders because I wanted the city defense for the cleans, especially early season before the before they get into Champions League stuff. But yeah, I don't know. You think I, you'd go with Akanji? Um, I don't know. It's kind of it's either Akanji or Guardiol. I think because I think Guardiol will probably start here pretty soon. That would yeah. be my guess because he came the, off bench. They so he the won back, minutes. So the back four this this week was uh, Walker, Akanji, Ake, and Lewis. Um, and Walker was subbed. Uh, Lewis was subbed for Guardiola, and um, Ake was subbed for Laporte. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think Akanji is probably the most nailed on of those. Do you think you would go Vardial this week? I don't know. I think I'd probably just probably just go to Akanji. If yeah, if I had to do that, which I don't know what I'm doing yet, but if I got rid of Stones and wanted a city defender, I'd probably just go to Akanji. Yeah. yeah. Although because Vardial, I think, is a little bit cheaper than Akanji. I think Vardial is only five million. Really? Let me check. He started at 5.0, I think. Yeah, he is. And Akanji... Akanji, Akanji is also 5 million. They're both. Oh, 5. Oh, okay. It's yeah. Stones. It's 5.5, five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So either way, I'm I'm fine. But I think if I went to Akanji and then wanted to go to Gavardio later, I could. But um, Gavardio might be just someone I bring in on my wild card if I wild card pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could always bring him in then. So I'm not really worried about bringing him in. But um, I don't know. I kind of am waiting to see what what develops in the stones uh, situation. So, yeah, I think that's probably wise. I think for me, I was a little bit worried about a price drop um, with stones. And I, re- I knew, I already knew that I wanted to get Reese James going into the next couple fixtures. Cause Chelsea have really good fixtures coming up. Um, and he played well enough this past weekend for me to really want to bring him in. So I just decided to go ahead and do it. Um, probably yeah. not the wisest decision just in terms of risking an injury this week, but you know, for my own peace of mind, that's what I had to do. Sure. I got um, what else with Man City? Obviously De Bruyne went off hurt, which is very unfortunate. And yeah, it seems like the, it seems like they tried to play him too soon. I think so, probably. Which is such a shame. And also a very a very non-pep thing. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. the last time he brought someone on before they were ready to be back. Yeah. Also, maybe De Bruyne is just hitting that age where it's going to be a little bit easier for him to re-injure things or just get injured in the, in in general. Um, another thing was Julian Alvarez started. Yeah, um, got an assist. Yeah, I don't. Hmm, it's so tough between him and Foden and Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish. It, I mean, there's probably a world where all four of them start, but I don't know. I, I mean. It seems like one of them is going to not play or at yeah. least not start, you know? So it's like, 
I don't know. I don't know how to assess that whole situation. I've steered clear. What do you think? Uh, I yeah. I don't think I'm going. I think early on in the in my tinkering, I had a draft with Foden in it. Yeah. Um, and I think at one point I may have even had one with Alvarez in it. But yeah, it's the it's those three. The rotation between those three of Alvarez, Foden, and Grealish that really scares me. Um, like it would be the most pep thing ever for Grealish to play a huge part in a treble winning season and then him like start on the bench most games like that. I could totally see that happen happening. Um well Jack yeah. is probably still trying to recover from his <laughs> three-month bender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I think I don't think I'm gonna go for any of them, although I do really like Quillian Alvarez. I think he's a really fun player. Yeah, yeah. I like that he's like kind of become like a like a superhero version of the player that he was before when he first came like he's bulked up a ton like he's much Mm. bigger much stronger and but still has that like finishing ability yeah he's just a a real fun player to watch yeah that's i think that's going to be kind of the the temptation throughout the entire season is is maybe julian alvarez and phil foden because i think jack grealish is tempting but Foden and Alvarez seem to just have a little bit more in front of goal, I think. Just yeah. personally, from what I've seen, um, they're both going to be very, very tempting and can be risky, but can really pay off. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Is there anything else with Man City that you wanted to talk on, uh, touch on? I think that was, those were like kind of the main talking points. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, um, City, okay. Yeah. Did you watch Arsenal and Nottingham Forest? I watched the very beginning, I think. Um, I didn't watch any at all. So tell me what happened or tell me. what. Um, so Eddie and Kedia started up top, which was interesting. Um, uh, and Martinelli started over Trossard. Um, so it was, it was, um, it was Saka, Trossard, or I'm sorry, Saka, Martinelli and Enkedia up top. Um, and then Trossard came on later for, Martinelli, I believe. Um, I can't remember who who he came on for. Actually, let me see. Um, no, he came on for Enketia, I guess. And then, oh yeah, and then they brought off Gabriel Martinelli and put on Gabriel, which was so annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arsenal Arsenal looked good. Nottingham Forest didn't look too bad. I didn't think. Um, they're definitely not like abject, which is nice to see. Um. Also important to note that Nottingham Forest have um what's his name Turner I can't remember his first name Matt, Matt Turner Matt Turner Matt yeah. Turner the the US MNT guy um who's a four million starting keeper which is like a real rarity in FPL um so that I have him in my team as kind of my backup keeper um Same. so he's a nice little rotation possibility um, he was the only person who really stuck out to me from Nottingham Forest. Um uh Iwanyi, 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 I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um he scored the goal for them. Um I didn't see the goal, so I'm not I don't know. I can't comment on it. Um but um yeah, I mean Saka's great. I it's he's the kind of player that it's like so hard to put a finger on what he does well. It's just yeah. like before you know it, he, it's the ball's always in the back of the goal. It's so bizarre. It is weird. Yeah, because it's interesting. Yeah, he's very interesting. Like he plays on the right of that front three, but you don't. I wouldn't consider him a winger. No, 
Because he spends so much time within like the 18 yard box kind of yeah. part of things. Yeah, he like plays more central than like a winger would. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe like Mo Salah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's uh, he, He's obviously a great player. Um, it will be interesting to see if Inketia continues or if Trossard will play up top or yeah. if they'll do something different there. Um, so it's just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, Martinelli was great last year. I think we'll still be decent this year. Um, did you notice if Odegaard was playing a bit deeper? Because a lot of people were talking about that. He seemed, up it's, it seemed that way. But he always felt like, I felt like last year he started out playing deeper as well. And as they got like the title race became more a yeah. part of the thing of things, he started playing farther and farther forward. That's how was my impression of last year, at least. Okay. Um, so that didn't seem entirely out of character. I, he's not someone who's ever really tempted me. I don't think like that particular like role, that kind of like creative eight role, um, which I don't know if that's what you would describe him as, but that's kind of what I think of him as. Um, it's like a weird, it's a weird role from a fantasy Premier League standpoint. Yeah. Um, so he's not really something, someone who's tempting me a lot. Um, interesting. Uh, there is the goalkeeper question. So like they brought in David Raya on a loan from Brentford. And it was a little bit unclear whether he or Ramsdale was going to start. And Ramsdale ended up getting the start and played pretty well. Um, so that's good to know. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I don't, it just feels like a weird, I don't know. That feels like a weird situation. But do you think it was like just the opportunity? Like Raya became available and it was like, this is someone maybe we had our eye on for like next season or in two seasons, but because he's available now, we'll go ahead and get him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, Cause to me, there's not like a standout pick between those two. I feel like they're both like very good options, but neither of them are like, Oh, this is obviously the starter, you know? Right. So um, yeah, we'll see. I think Ramsdale, will, my guess would be Ramsdale continues to start because he's been, cause he was the starter last season. Like he's like just, involved and then if something happens he gets injured or he just drops off in form then they can bring someone else in that's that's really good as well so um i don't know we'll we'll see how that goes um i don't know that i had anything else just in real life i'm very interested to see how this arsenal midfield plays out with odegaard um and uh Havertz. well Havertz and rice yeah and yeah, when I Partey get games, that sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. Yeah, because Partey played on the right wing uh, this game, like right wing back, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that was another thing was the defense. Like I was really nonplussed by the Gabriel lack of start. I don't know if there's something else going on there, um, but I'm planning. I have Gabriel, and I'm planning to just keep him because. He started every game last yeah. season, and so... I don't see why he seem... wouldn't. Yeah. That was just a really weird thing. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, if you're if you're a Gabrielle holder, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, okay. Um, I don't know that there's anything else to talk about the game. I mean... Did you have Arsenal in your top four in your predictions? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Surely, yeah, I did. I know I did. I think I had them second, honestly. But I don't remember. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know exactly how I feel about them yet. Part of me thinks it's like it'll be it would be hard to recapture that like magic from last year because they were just 
they played so well. I think so too, but they brought in some really good players. So yeah, that's true. I think they have the depth in most places. So we'll just see if they can um, string it together. Yeah. Um, okay. Bournemouth West Ham. Did you watch the game? I did not. Nope. Did not. <laughs> uh, I did okay. see the Jared, our boy Jared Bowen scored. Um, yeah, Jared Bowen. And I, I actually had, I had a draft early season early preseason that Jared Bowen was in because I had just watched the highlights of a preseason game that he had scored in, which is like the classic. You yeah. Know, you the, watch the, the highlight that clips. <laughs> you watch the highlight clip, you immediately bring him in. And then, exactly. then a week later you wake up and you're like, why did I have him in? Uh, yeah. Why do I not he's have like, I think he's like yeah, 7 I'm million. I'm bringing Socket in instead of Bowen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard to justify when there's so many other quality midfielders at similar price points it's hard to justify someone who's not on penalties and is playing for a team who's like it's pretty unclear how well they're gonna do exactly no you're that's that's spot on great player on a meh team and there's plenty of other better picks in the game so yeah i don't know um, um, but just speaking on West Ham real quick, just to round it out, they will be bringing in some uh, Manchester United cast-offs, which is very funny that they're going to be paying an arm and a leg for. So. Oh, that's right. Do you think that's what Harry's haters refers to, Ethan Uderbeck's team I name? think it's Harry Kane. Oh, really? Maybe. Wow. I don't know. We'll have to – we need to ask him. Wait, what? <laughs> what's, what of what persuasion maybe, is he fan-wise? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I kind of thought he was Liverpool, but I could be mixing him up with Reed's uh, That Yeah, I know Reed is, but I mean, we have, I think we might have more than one Liverpool. Maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is a United. I know we have a United. I think uh, Andy McBroom is a United fan. Okay, okay. I wonder if, yeah, it could be. I mean, I would venture to say Harry Maguire has more haters than Harry Kane, but. Yeah, who knows? Do you think Mikhail Antonio will be a viable option at any point this year? He's been uh, an FPL darling of, of years past. I don't think so. I think he's done. Uh, I think I think West Ham is looking to bring in a striker. Right. Because right now they have Antonio, who is, I mean, I will say, attempting $6 million. Um, eh, there's but, better options, though. That's the yeah, thing. It's like There's better options in that category. Their rotation was Antonio, and they brought on Danny Ings, which yeah, is exactly. maybe like the highest total uh, age of any striker pairing in the, in the league. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if both of them were injured at the same time. either. (laughs) I think, I think, I think they're targeting a striker. It wouldn't surprise me if I, I saw a headline saying something about West Ham going for main United players and the, and the guy in the picture, I didn't read the article, but the guy in the picture was uh, Anthony Martial. So that might be, that might be another person you know, that's in thrones. You know, <laughs> there who might be strikers is... that are just all injured at the same time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because Martial can never stay healthy. No, um, they should go for um, Balogun. Yeah, that would be amazing. Totally, Everton should have gone for. But there's, I mean, Balogun needs to go somewhere. But I don't know that he'll go in the go to the Premier League. We'll see. It doesn't seem like anyone's gone after him, which is which very is surprising. fascinating. Yeah, it's like I, when you watch him play, you can just tell that he is going to be so good just like the way he moves around the pitch i've not watched him play that much to be perfectly honest i've really not watched him play but i going into the offseason i thought he was going to be like one of the biggest 
transfer dramas that there was going to be and he nothing at all. Yeah. I think they set they set like a price on him at like 40 million or something like that. Oh yeah. Which, which is I mean ridiculous. with the price of but but with the price people are paying for strikers, I could see it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham pulled 40 million out and just <laughs> well, they're already paying for they're already going to be paying for Harry Maguire and possibly Scott McTominay, so yeah. We'll see. We'll see uh, how that goes. What about That's Bournemouth? Like, Anything to say about Bournemouth? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, Solanke Solanke. scored. That's nice. Still, still doing his thing. Uh, <laughs> still doing his thing. Philip Billing uh, played. <laughs> we, for Bournemouth, we're just going to list the people that played. Um, here's their 11. <laughs> um, no, I do think uh, Solanke might be a viable option at some point. I, I I don't know. It's just hard to know, like that cheap, the cheap striker picks. What that's going to end up being. Um, Solanke's in the mix. He's in and around. <laughs> um, so we'll see. He wanted to keep an eye on it. He honestly wouldn't surprise me if he, uh, if somebody comes in for a late move for him as well. Yeah, six point five. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting. They also might be getting. Um, they're in the market for James Ward-Prowse, I think, which is interesting. No, uh, no, somebody just signed him. Uh, oh, I think really? West Ham. Yeah. No, that's oh, that's sorry, that's what I was thinking of West Ham. Oh, okay. I forgot we we're I forgot we we're now talking about Bournemouth. Oh yeah, sorry, I cut you off earlier. That's probably what you were going to say. So. No, 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 that wasn't. I just yeah, my brain was uh, thinking about West Ham still. But yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about Bournemouth. I don't know. Okay. I having not watched the game, I can't tell what kind of team they're going to be. I will say that in real life, Bournemouth will be interesting to watch. I think I just recently listened. This is for you specifically, Taylor, because I know that you'll be interested. No one else listened to this. Uh, just just tune out right now. It's fine. Um, I listened to a TIFO podcast today that came out like in the last couple of days, and they were talking mm-hmm. about the new like tactics that they were looking forward to. Um, and part of it was... Um, and a lot of it was like the box midfield that you mentioned, mm-hmm. like John Stones coming in, Trent Alexander-Arnold coming in. They were talking about that. But then towards the end, they were talking about different managers and teams that they're interested in watching. And they were talking about um, their relative, kind of their relational um, tactics as opposed to positional mm-hmm. tactics, um, which you mm-hmm. see in Fluminese, which I've not – I don't know anything about. They just mentioned it. Um, but apparently Bournemouth is uh, – the coach there is going to be doing some – experimental tactics kind of like that or at least kind of in that realm so be interesting to watch who is their manager i can't even remember i don't remember um i don't either oh it's it's iriola iriola oh okay yeah i remember hearing that name when he first signed on but i don't remember much about him Okay, okay, let's move on to a, a team that we're that most people are probably interested in talking about, and that's yeah. Brighton. Yeah, Luton, I, we, I have nothing to say about Luton. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I didn't watch the game, so I I'm, they're going to get relegated. It's fine. They, <laughs> they scored. They did score. Good for them. Though uh, I, I listened to a podcast about them and about like their their recent history and their struggles with like going into administration. And um, did you know that they're owned by a an a fans organization? No, that's amazing. Yeah, they're basically fan owned. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because they oh, cool. they went into administration, dropped out of the league, like a fan org bought them. Their budget is like tiny. It's so small. Um, 
but yeah, they and basically that what the 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 upshot of the podcast that I listened to was that they're kind of planning to go down, but they're taking steps to make sure that when they go down, they'll be in a better position and maybe can come up again and kind of enter that cycle whereby you might actually get to stay in the Premier League, um, yeah. which you kind of have to do a couple times before you can can That's stay up smart. usually. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't have anything to say about them. Uh, I have lots to say about Brighton, though. They um, I mean, assets all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are you liking from Brighton? Um, I mean, me personally, I have João Pedro, who I think most, not most, but a lot of people in our league have. Um, I So for me, I have Salah in my team. And um, that extra expense meant that I needed to cut some corners on some places where I wanted other players. So I initially wanted Ollie Watkins as my second striker. Um, but in order to keep Salah, I downgraded to João Pedro, which doesn't seem like much of a downgrade at the moment because um, playing really high up the pitch on penalties, what's not to like in a Brighton team that's going to score loads and loads of goals this season. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, actually. So, yeah, I also have João Pedro. Um, do you have Salah as well? I do have Salah, yeah. I think we're the only two in the league that have him. I, oh, yeah, I looked that up. Um, we, I think we are. Yeah. Which is unless, so interesting. Unless Ethan, unless Ethan has Sala, but we're the only two, which is, I'm very excited about. I am too. That could be we're hugely gonna, different. We're going to rocket up the league, dude. <laughs> or we're going to play. And then everyone's the going to say it's rigged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we announced the new, we announced a new, a new tournament for next because season. And you I don't know. Do. This is crossing our streams, but. I know people are really like low, like are pretty down on Liverpool as like a stable option. And like they're, they're like overall like defensive solidity and whatnot. Yes. But as an attacking prospect, they're like still good. they're yeah. so good. Yeah. And Salah specifically, like you saw how many points he got last season and that was, they were not good last that season. That was an off season. Yeah. Well, I think this season is also still going to be a little bit shaky. I think it will be, um, which is good to hear from an Everton perspective. But um, I mean, they're still going. They're still probably. My guess would they would be they finish top six. I think. Mm. I mean, wouldn't surprise me if they finish like seventh or eighth. But um, I think they could easily get top six. So it's like Salah's a great pick. I don't know. I think with. Him, if he's a differential, that's huge. Yeah. You know, just speaking fantasy-wise, he just racks up the points. So, yeah. Uh, 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 Anyway, going back to Brighton. Um, uh, Matoma. Yeah. uh, I don't have him, but I wish I did. He had an assist. Um, Estupignan also had an assist. A lot of people have. Um, And then uh, then Spicer's Evan Ferguson scored. So congrats. Shocking. That was like, I was so surprised by that. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you think about, okay, we've already talked about um, Jao Pedro, but what do you think about the other ones like Estupignan and Matoma specifically? I don't know that Solly March, I don't know. Maybe, maybe talk about all three. Like, do you think yeah. good picks? I, so I think Estupignan, Estupignan is a great pick and there's a reason why he's in most people's teams. Okay. But what about Caicedo gone? That hurts their midfield. Do you think that makes Estupignan a worse pick because now they won't keep as many cleans? Because that's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, that's that's possible. I think 
for like at this point in the season for me that feels a little bit like overthinking it like sure. they've known Caicedo is going to be gone this whole offseason so they like have they've they they're ready yeah um and they I mean they yet again Hunter that you've picked the best team to follow your team managed to milk what was it like 110 million pounds out of Chelsea it's for Caicedo like I would love I this is probably easily accessible information, but just the sheer amount of money that Brighton has milked out of Chelsea recently is obscene. Crazy. Um so to the yeah, point they, where it's like there's it almost feels something like shady is going on. <laughs> like there's like some weird connection between the two, which I don't think there is, but you know, that's just so much money for yeah. a guy that was like real really, really good for one whole season at Brighton. And it's yeah, like, I mean, sure, maybe they've been tracking him and, you know, maybe they've known about him and maybe he's performed well in other places. But like for one breakout season and then boom, that price tag is insane because that's, that's about how much Jack Grealish went for. And he had been doing it for like at least a couple of seasons, two or three yeah. seasons. Like people were already talking about him. So. Yeah, I think it's it's partially I think a lot of it has to do with just that position is just so in demand right now yeah and there's so few players who are on the market to fill that defensive midfielder position um and everyone wants one and also just like the the drama with liverpool was oh so good it was so good um yeah yeah pretty fascinating um, um <laughs> but yeah so like stupid great pick i i this happened to me last year and it I felt it happening when I was picking my team um, was I feel wary about Matoma just because he's not on penalties and because Brighton have so many attacking threats. It almost seems like surely he can't return as often as I want him to because they're just by dint of numbers because there are so many people who are involved in that attack, like March, Gross, Pedro, Ferguson or Welbeck, whoever's Welbeck, playing up yeah. top. Yeah. Um, but, and yet he always seems to return something. So that's something I'm going to have to reevaluate at some point. Yeah. With Brighton, I have them. Like I have my Brighton assets, but I'm, I'm not just going to hold on to them too tightly. Like if I feel that they're not becoming good picks, I'm just, I'm going to get rid of them. Like, Last season, it was a little bit different where they were just very good the whole season, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, This season, like, I'm kind of almost expecting a drop off in some regards, or at least, um, or at least people figuring out their, their style, their tactics, their players a little bit more. And so I don't know that they'll be quite as prolific this season, but I think I have them. I'm not getting rid of them until they see, until I see that, so. Yeah, and they have a couple decent fixtures coming up. They've got Wolves and then West Ham, I think, before they they go through. Yeah, you can't get uh, rid of them, even if they're like, even if this first game had been like a little, eh, I think you would have like wanted to at least held the, held on to them at least one or two more games just yeah. to check. Yeah, if get if thinking about getting rid of Brighton players is your is your uh, first order problem, then you don't really have a first order problem. <laughs> you don't have any problems. <laughs> yeah, at least not yet. Yeah. Uh, Okay, are we going to talk about Everton Fulham? 
Sure. What do you want to? I mean, uh, I mean, I can talk about Everton all day, but um, I don't. Uh, know can we? Team. Can we maybe talk about Pickford? So Pickford oh, is okay. my. I have Pickford and Turner as my two keepers. Oh, um, okay. And I want to know what you think about that. Hmm. Initial react. Well, so I my first FPL um, tinker, my first team that I made uh, had Pickford in it. Um, I ended up not going with Pickford. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Pickford could be a good pick this season. Uh, part of me is wondering if Daesh is going to continue with Tarkovsky and Keane mm-hmm. as the center back pairing. Um, our, I just don't know that Michael Keane is, is going to be good enough to like, help you out with those cleans that Pickford needs. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes he's good and sometimes he's just really bad. I don't know. I don't, I, I'd be interested to hear what um, Tyler Scruggs and uh, James Irvin think the other two Everton supporters. So now we have two, now we have other Everton supporters in the wow. discord to talk to people. So I don't know what their thoughts there are, are. Dozens of you. <laughs> um, so I'd be interested to hear if they think the same thing. Cause if they do, then I think that that's pretty damning um, as far as whether or not a Pickford's a good pick. Cause if they, if me, if all three of us are like, yeah, Tarkovsky Keen is not great. And Daesh continues to pick Michael Keen. That's not good. Um, yeah. Because he did that for a while towards the end of last season. And then Yerry Mina came in and things got better. Um, so I don't know how much of that is coincidence. I don't think Michael Keane is should still be starting for Everton, but I wanted I would like to hear, you know, I'd be interested in hearing what other people have to say. Also, our our right back and our left back situation is very precarious. Um, you know, our right back is Seamus Coleman and Nathan Patterson. Nathan Patterson's very young, still learning. Seamus Coleman is older and injured at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. on the left we have Ashley Young, old and experienced, and was pretty good in preseason, but you know, is, is he going to get injured? He typically hasn't, he's been good at that, um, staying fit, but you know, he is older. He's like 38 or something like that. Um, and then Vitaly Mikolenko, who's sometimes as good, sometimes isn't, he's also somewhat young. Um, so I don't know that I have like a ton of conviction in the individual players at Everton's in Everton's defense, but the style that we play, you know, with Daesh typically lends itself to tight games and clean sheets. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a toss up at the moment. I would want to see more. Um, I would want to see a more, a bigger sample size of this season to see who he's going to play and how we're actually going to play against these other teams. Cause Fulham were not great. Everton were yeah. the best hands down. We were the best. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause Fulham, I just, I don't feel optimistic about Fulham this year um, because I mean, from an FPL standpoint, I think with Mitrovic's future being uncertain and his price tag being pretty high, he's kind of a no-go for me, at least currently. Um, Andreas Pereira, who was the sneaky pick from last year is a little bit priced out at this point. Cause he was like 4.5 last year. Yeah. And it's just starting and incredible hacking. Yeah. And he's like 5.5, which is a little bit more difficult. They have Raul Jimenez now. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you watch the games. games. You will, started, you will have yeah. seen him. Um, how did yeah, he look? He hit the post. 
Okay. How did he look otherwise? Uh, Fulham didn't look great. They did not really create much. He didn't okay. really get much service. Um, in the second half, I think, he um, he basically just got the ball and turned real quick in the box and, and shot it and hit the post. That was, like, the liveliest he looked. Um, I think he's still probably going to take some time to bet in. But just in general, Fulham didn't look good, so I don't think that helped him. Um, Do you think it's, like, relegation danger bad? Yeah. They, really? If they play like that, absolutely. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I think they will be in the – if they play like that every single game or most games, I think they will be in danger of relegation. But there are so many bad teams in the league this season that yeah. they could they could easily escape. So, Yeah, uh, that's a good point. What happened were, to Damari Gray, by the way? Um, I think he's going to get sold. <laughs> I think okay. he's – Fulham were actually thinking about buying him. Um, and I think there's been links to maybe Saudi or Crystal Palace as well. So oh. I think Mari Gray is being sold, but I haven't really read up on that lately. So I don't know. Okay. Because he wasn't even in the team, right? No. Weird. And also, Dyche, I don't think Dyche prefers him really for some reason. I don't know why. We need a right winger. And. Hmm. Like, uh, yeah, we need a right winger, and he's, like, the only one we have. So I don't know why he won't, like, play him. But Weird. I think it's because right. he's being sold. So. Uh, do you want to move on? Yeah. Uh, Sheffield <laughs> we'll come back to Everton another day. Uh, that yeah. was a very disappointing, frustrating there will be game. Plenty, so. There will be plenty of upcoming rants uh, about Everton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to fear you not. Yeah. um okay what about sheffield united and crystal palace um i didn't watch this game neither did Um, i I think you have any do you have any sheffield um no folks on your team no the only person i have is a palace guy and it's a mark gahey who kept sheet i think palace is going to be um i think they'll be a pretty good clean clean sheet shout most games yeah i think i think they'll be pretty pretty decent defensively um but i don't really have anything to say honestly i mean sheffield i have no uh, they apparently sold like all of their good players i think they're bracing to go back down too (laughs) like we have two teams in the league that are just like accepting that they're going to get relegated so yeah they're kind of tanking i guess there's really only one spot um for teams to fight it out with um, I will say I think I think that there's a difference between Sheffield United and Luton because I I think Sheffield yeah. United is like tanking tanking and I think that Luton is just like playing as well as they can and enjoying being in <laughs> right. the league and like okay. kind of saying like you know we'll probably go down but we're gonna have a good time while we're up here that's kind of my read on those two situations. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't have anything to say on either team other than. I think the two talking points are Palace defense and maybe Eze. Um, yeah. I think that's what most people were kind of paying attention to coming into the season. And obviously they kept a clean sheet, so the defense looks decent. Um, but I would be interested in hearing how Eze did. So if anybody watched that game in Discord, please let us know. Um, who scored? It was Edward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Hudson Edward. Jordan Ayu assisted, which is like shocking that Jordan Ayu is still playing for that, that is team. bizarre yeah yeah i think i think my understanding is that or my thinking is that this is going to be a like 15th place season for crystal palace 
14, 15, somewhere like that. Really? Like, I mean, if you look at the team, it's, it's the yeah. team from last year minus Wilfred Zaha. So That's it's true. like, they not, they didn't bring anyone new in really. Um, yeah. They may lose Michael Olise, um on a, on a transfer. I mean, I could see them losing Gahey like in the January transfer window. If someone yeah. is without a center back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think that aspirations are high for Crystal Palace this year. Um, but I think with um, Roy Hodgson, they're going to be more defensively solid than they were last year under Patrick Vieira. So there may yeah. be clean sheets, as you say, um, in that team. Cool. I think well, we have one, two, three, four more, four more games to go. And I think they're all pretty interesting, honestly. Um, yeah. So let's let's kind of go through these. Um, we've got Newcastle five, Aston Villa one. Uh, did you watch the game? Uh, I watched the highlight package. Okay, I watched the full game. So interested to hear what you have to say versus what I have to say. Um, I mean, from the highlight package, I discerned. I mean, the Tenali goal was beautiful, like just a beautiful goal. Um, I don't know how he got on the end of it, to be honest. Yeah. Also, like, doesn't he's he's the kind of player that looks like stereotypically like the kind of player who would be coming from an Italian league into I love it into the absolutely love it. <laughs> it makes me want to grow my hair out and look like I him. know it's amazing. Um, so that was great. I mean, Isaac looked great on the on the highlights. Um, it seemed like some of the goals that they scored were kind of more or less like garbage time goals. Um, <laughs> like the like well, the Wilson and Barnes goals seemed like just sort of tagged on yeah I yeah I can see why you think that but um that is the vibe that they had because I think Villa had kind of given up at that point um or at least it was very clear that they weren't they that Newcastle were just going to drive the stake into their heart um but I I still think that they were good goal like I don't know that good like open play goals like you know, yeah. they make the right decisions in those, in the, in those totally. plays. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, what are, it, what are your I thoughts? It was just like fluky things. They did the right things, but yeah, it did kind of feel like Aston Villa laid down at some point and, um, or maybe it was just Newcastle was just that much better than them. Um, what are you, what were your thoughts? Um, the first half was pretty tight. I loved that the first two goals. So you mentioned the Tenali goal debut goal, from yeah. the new signing Tonali for Newcastle. And then um, Diaby from Aston Villa, new signing, tied it up. So yeah. I loved that it was those <laughs> two debut goals um, to start it off. But Newcastle just looked Newcastle just looked really good um, attacking wise. It just feel just feels like they've continued what they've done. Isak was it was good to see Isak get some minutes. Um, and I hope that he stays fit. Uh, all season because he will be a very good, interesting FPL uh, asset to own um, if he stays fit and, and continues to score goals. So was he playing? Was he playing as like a nine, kind of up top? Um, I didn't really pay attention to the tactics, but he was playing up top. Yeah, he was playing okay. in, the, in the center. Yeah, because he it played was, off the uh, left wing quite a bit last right, year. Right, but it was um, it was Gordon. It was Gordon on the left. Isak in the middle and Almiron on the right. Okay. 
Yeah. Sure. So that's the first, that's the front three. Barnes came on for Gordon. Wilson came on for um, Isak, and then someone else came on for Almiron. I can't remember who it was. I think it was like uh, Jacob, Jacob Murphy. Murphy. It looks like yeah, Jacob Murphy, Longstaff, one of the <laughs> one of the bench <laughs> players that it feels like they've been there forever, and that um, somehow seem to be out. Somehow they're themselves. still getting minutes. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. Um, no, Newcastle looked really good. Uh, I think Aston Villa were good the first half, and then it just fell off a cliff. Ming Ming got hurt. Ming's Tyrone Ming's. I saw that. That's going to be a big blow because I think he's going to be out for a while. Um, Can I get the eye test on Matty Cash? Um, any thoughts? Nah, I wasn't okay. paying enough attention to him to be honest. I think he's, a, he's in I my think, team. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I would give it, I mean, I would, I would wait. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't give you a good uh, option. I think that they, I think, um, I think he had, he had like most of the work to do. Newcastle went down the left a lot with Gordon and Harvey Barnes. Mm. So there's that. Um, so cash was very, very busy. Wasn't able to get forward as much. And when he did get forward, he got punished. You know, because he leaves like leaves a hole, and so they were ready for that. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about cash. I think Diaby and uh, Watkins are interesting. Um, they're one to keep an eye on. I don't think that we can judge their attacking threat based off of this game in particular, um, mm. because they had Mings out, and so Pau Torres came in defensively. So I think they probably struggled to build up play from the back um, if they've got new people that are trying to play in the back four. You Tielemans came in, in the, to start the second half. So they have people kind of in the core of their team that I feel like is unstable at the moment. So mm. it's kind of tough to diagnose how what their attack is going to be and, and what the ramifications are of that. But um, And I know they're also – they're missing um, Jacob Ramsey as well who is out injured. Right. Another one of those central midfielders. Right. But I think, I think they in general will play like Tielemans, uh, John McGinn, uh, Douglas Louise. Um, there's one more. That I can't remember. Uh, Bailey was playing. Uh, he's on, he was on the left or the right or whichever one he plays on. Oh, and Kamara. Kamara. He's the other one. Yeah. He played, he played in the, in the center of the pitch as well. Yeah. Do you think so? Would you say just summarizing that Aston Villa that the five one is like flattering, or or it's it doesn't tell the whole story about Villa because five one seems damning just on the face. I think it. I think it. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it tells the whole story, but it tells most of it. But if that story is including that Tyrone Mings got injured and they're still trying to figure out their midfield, then yeah, it kind of tells the story. Um, But. I do think I don't think the way they played, the way Villa played, is going to be how they play the whole season. I think that they're going to get it together. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have trust in in um, what's his name? Unai. Unai Emery. Okay. Cool. Brentford Tottenham. Uh, yeah, Brentford Spurs two two. Uh, I didn't watch this. Just watch the highlights. Did you watch the game? Yeah. I watched the okay. game. 
Um, interesting game. Um, I don't really know. I, I don't really know like how to assess it necessarily other than Brentford really parked the bus mm. uh, and really absorbed a lot of pressure and they did it decently well, but it's like the first season of the game. And so it was, it was two, two like Brentford were able to counter a couple times and Spurs were able to get goals with, um, you know, some creativity, but um, I don't know. I think if you look at the scoreline, it tells a lot. Um, it was 2-2. The goals scored were um, for Brentford were Mbuemo and and Wissa, the two, like, two of their, like, attackers. So, mm-hmm. so you kind of think, like, if you just looked at that and didn't see the game, you're like, oh, okay, they probably, like – you know, maybe they countered and like got a fast goal between those two. Cause that's kind of how they play. They play pretty fast, both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, um, and maybe they split apart the Spurs defense or something. Um, and then the goal scored by Spurs were Emerson Royale and Romero. So <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't the, it wasn't the attackers that scored. It was the, the defenders that came in and did something. So um I, I mean, it just kind of tells the whole story. Yeah, Brentford parked. Spurs were able to get a couple goals. Brentford were able to pull a couple back. Um, Madison looked really good. I think he was probably the standout for Spurs. Um, and probably honestly, probably the standout player on the pitch would be my guess. Um, mm. Madison just looked really, really good. Really comfortable. Um, so I think he might be a good FPL pick at some point. Um, you've got Sun played off the left pretty wide. Um, you had Richarlison down the middle. And uh, Kulisevsky on the right, he kind of tucked in sometimes. Um, and then uh, the uh, I, I feel like the 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 outside backs kind of t- came in as well. So like Udogi came in off the left, and um, what's the other one? Was it Royale? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, yeah, I guess it was Royale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Emerson Royale. I get Royale and Romero confused because of the R's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that was pretty interesting to watch. I think uh, this Spurs team will be fun to watch when they're not playing a Brentford team that just parks. Yeah. Were there any Brentford assets that caught your eye besides, I think the ones that are kind of getting the most play are Mbwemo and Edwissa. Yeah. Um. um no, I don't think so. Um, nobody in particular, but I will say if Brentford is going to do that a lot and park the bus and try to keep it tight, they were pretty frustrating to Spurs, at least their attackers. So it, in a different universe, like Spurs didn't score. So, cause Brentford did pretty well at, you know, um, keeping Richarlison quiet. Sun had like maybe one or two shots, but it wasn't like he was clear on goal or anything. Um, so if I'm remembering correctly. So I think Brentford as a whole, if they play tight defensively, they might have some clean sheets in them, but no one in particular. Yeah. Cool. That's interesting to hear you say that about Madison because yeah. I feel like this oh, is... I, exactly- not, it wasn't just me either. I think everyone watching was like, he looks he looks good. That's amazing. Because this is exactly the type of game from what you're describing that they brought him in for. Like, yeah, there was, there was just no creative engine in that Tottenham team last season at all. Like it was basically on Harry Kane to both be the creative engine and be the goal scorer. And um, because like, it seemed like Kulisevsky and Sun could just like run in straight lines and that's basically it. Um, 
and so having someone who can kind of orchestrate things um i'm sure will be amazing for them this year um, yeah i mean he had yeah. both assists as well so like he's taken the yeah. set pieces like yeah they they needed him um yeah so I, i'm hoping to get him in my team at some point soon i don't know exactly when yeah i yeah he's kind of like in my head like at some point i'll probably have him um yeah okay liverpool chelsea did you watch i watched some yeah not the whole thing um, yeah i was kind of like in and out as well um really fun game really really fun game though yeah definitely um, um hmm. where do we start yeah i mean <laughs> lots lots to say uh i i've already tipped my hand a little bit but i think that there's so many good assets coming from chelsea right now and there's their um their fixtures are the best in the league for the next like four game weeks basically they have um next week they have yeah they have um west ham luton uh nottingham forest uh who's after that bournemouth and then aston villa so yeah and then I think, Fulham. right so that's yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good um all right, let's talk about Chelsea then, because I, th- I mean, both of these teams are kind of in in flux at the moment, yeah. one more so than the other, I think. But let's start with Chelsea, who's a little bit more. Do you think flux. Chelsea is more in flux than Liverpool? Yeah. Yes, I guess that's yeah. true. Yeah, because Liverpool, you knew most of their starters. Um, yeah, I guess to me, in flux has like sort of a negative connotation. When in in fact, I think like the like uh, the like affect of the teams is totally opposite. Where like. Liverpool are sort of like in a way like a degrading version of like a better team and mm. Chelsea are like building towards something that feels better. You know what I mean? That yeah, could be unfair that. towards Liverpool, but could be. It could be. But I, I can see why you say that. Um, but I also think Chelsea I don't know, it's I think they just have so many players that we didn't really know where, like, who was going to start, who was going to, yeah. like, with Liverpool, you kind of knew the system. You knew most of the players that are going to play. Um, it, and it's more so about adapting the new style to the, with the players they're bringing in. Whereas Chelsea, we didn't, they were kind of an open book to some degree. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about, uh, like, how they played? I, I was, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was kind of surprised that, it was a three at the back with wing backs. Yeah. I thought that Will was James too. starting, which is obviously like overpowered, but yeah, um, seriously, it won't be like this forever. Cause both of them will get hurt probably simultaneously. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so no, that was think? like the, the number one thing was, okay. And I don't even know if it'll be like that with their, when they're healthy, I could see Pochettino moving to a four at the back, like situationally. Um, okay. But with, as it stands three, three center backs and two wing backs is like, it's huge. It could be huge fantasy premier league wise. Cause like Chilwell was so far forward in particular. He was like, yeah. Cause he had the goal yeah. that got called off. Yeah. And um, he was like running through on goal, like a striker would. I know like, he was at the, it was mid- amazing. It was wild. Uh, so I, I'm surprised you went James and not Chilwell to be honest. Cause Chilwell. I, well, I already had Chilwell. Oh, I'm I'm doing the double. Wow, you're doubling up. 
you're going for it, huh? Uh, yeah, it's like I mean, the good while they're healthy, really... you might as well, right? Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be healthy forever. Um, so I mean, they they were interesting. Uh, Jackson obviously didn't score, but um, looked good. Looked really good. Sterling looked good. I think Sterling was my. I think Sterling was my standout for Chelsea. He looked in, he looked really really good. Yeah, especially I thought, I thought he year. looked as good as he did like when he used to play for like City and maybe even Liverpool at times. Like yeah, he looked good. Enzo Fernandez looked amazing. Like actually worth the money that they paid for him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like yeah things. It feels like things uh, started to click a little bit. You, you could kind of see like everyone felt a little bit more comfortable playing. Yes. And it wasn't just like, what's happening? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, they kind of like know where each other are. They're kind of like doing things that ma- makes it feel more like a team and less of like, we just splashed $400,000 million on players and just threw them on the field together. <laughs> so, yeah. I which I guess the- you know, comes with like a full off season of everyone being there with Pochettino having the full off season as well. Like, I don't know. It just, maybe that's just part of that, but. I don't know. I think I think that they're I think that they could have some pretty high aspirations. I think they could get Champions League this season if 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 yeah. things continue to improve. Yeah. Easily. I think so too. I think that the Gallagher Enzo Fernandez pairing is a really strong one too. Gallagher's good, man. I like yeah. it was it's kind of frustrating that he went to Palace a couple years ago, did so well, then went back to Chelsea, and then it's like nothing happened, and then so it's good to see him get playing time because it just like calls back to like the Ruben Loftus cheek and the Callum Hudson O'Doys and like all of these other players that they've done this with. So, yeah. and Poch, Poch is like the perfect one to do this. He's like, he's good at like, like he has a reputation of like, you know, the younger players and bringing them in. So yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it's, uh, they'll be fun to watch and I'm sure you're excited to watch uh, Chelsea now. Oh yeah. Always. Um, <laughs> you hear that rob you hear that Jay? <laughs> somebody somebody who i don't remember who it was that said uh that always calls you a chelsea fan but somebody yeah. somebody in you our know, i can i can have my leanings um the other thing of interest is if um robert sanchez is going to be their starting keeper 4.5 million for the starting keeper on like yeah yeah for the starting keeper on a top four team is like pretty good yeah yeah, he could. Yeah, he could pay dividends if, um, especially in this particular run where they have pretty easy fixtures, um, and they only they only allowed one goal from Liverpool, whose like attack is still like good. You know that that's pretty good. Thiago Silva looked decent. And, you know he looked as good as ever lately. Um, they've got some. They've got a decent defense if they're all you know clicking and healthy. So, but what do you think of Liverpool? Um, I mean, I think I've already said the main, my main takeaway was just that the attack is going to be really good. They may be defensively shaky, mostly because of their midfield is a little bit suspect defensively. Um, if you're going to be playing Gakpo, McAllister and Sabatzlai in the midfield, there's not a lot of defensive, like, uh, you know, solidity there. Um, they're three fairly attacking players. I guess Sabatzlai is probably the most defensive. But um, yeah, I mean, I I have Salah in other of my drafts. I had Jota in my team. Um, yeah. I just love the guy. I mean, 
there's no one really like him in the league. He's, yeah, he's just amazing to watch and so selfless with the ball and uh, like a shrunk down, more technical. Maybe that's unfair to Firmino, but like shrunk down, more technical, faster Roberto mm. Firmino character. Um, yeah. Uh, when he gets fantasy points too, like it's just how he's been. Yeah, he comes off the bench, he scores a brace. Like it's just like it's crazy. He just racks up the fantasy points. He's just explosive. I think that's the term. He's ex- he can he's just explosive. He can be. Yeah, and I'm really happy for Luis Diaz. Like I love watching the guy play, and the fact that he was injured for so much of last year was a real shame. So seeing him get the start and score was really nice. Um. Do you have Alexander Arnold in your team? No, I do not. And I am not after watching that game. I'm really not interested in, in having him to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel like I didn't dodge that many bullets in terms of like the stones and Gabrielle thing, but I think that was one that I dodged a little bit. I still think that he could be a good fantasy asset. I just don't know that he's going to be worth the price. Um, maybe he will be. I don't know. I just think that, I don't know. It's kind of really tough to say, to be honest. I just don't think they're going to keep enough clean sheets for it to be worth it. I think he'll still get attacking returns, but I also don't. I also don't love that he's going to be in the midfield, like kind of like a defensive midfielder in a way of like of like just kind of like pinging balls and like doing that kind of thing instead of like being on the wing and whipping it into the box. I think he'll still get attacking returns, and he may even get some goals every now and then, but. I don't, I think they priced him like it would make sense if they continued, like if they, when they won the league, how him and Robertson played, that price would make sense. But I don't, I don't know that he's going to fulfill it this season. I I don't think so. Um, But we'll see. I don't know. He could prove me wrong, but no, I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? I can't remember. The, The other thing I'll say about Liverpool is, I think that a little like I in talking about them, I we I and perhaps we may be forgetting that when we say, oh, like Liverpool didn't look that great in some respects, especially defensively, they are they were playing a team that was really good and I think is a very good team. And so this was like the hardest fixture that any team had in the opening game week. And so a one-one draw That's against true. Chelsea is not a bad result, I don't think. Ultimately, That's true. Um, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. And once, and like you said, once they kind of figure out, once they bring in a defensive midfielder or figure out who that's going to be, I think they will look a little bit more like themselves. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this will still also be kind of a growing season for them, kind of similar to way to the way it was last season. The other thing I'll just say, just to plug Salah one more time, is I felt like last <laughs> season he, last season he like felt very, very isolated out there on the right, um, yeah. and it didn't feel that way to me watching this game. Like I felt maybe it was Jota being back in the mix, but he felt a little bit more incorporated into moves in the center, um, as opposed to just always coming in off that right, always taking on that defender and always trying to bend it around, you know, the far corner or something like that. Yeah, he was able to get, he was able to like cut in, get a little bit more central, like towards the corner of the box, kind of make some of those runs like he normally did um, a few years ago when he was so good. Um, And he had, the goal that he had chalked off was like classic. Yeah, 
solid goal, you know. Totally. So if, like, if he's continue to gonna if he's gonna continue to do those sorts of things, then um, then I think me and you will uh will be will will we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, All right. Last okay. Game. Last, last game. game, United Wolves. I watched this one for the most part. Um, did you? Did you have any? Did you see anything? No, I turned it on with like eighty minutes oh, okay. left, and did, it didn't look very exciting, and so I turned it off. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, not with eighty minutes left. With eighty minutes gone, so it was like right, right, no, I, I know, what you, I know. What you yeah, mean. that's that's very funny. Um, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, to be honest. Um, it felt very sloppy and very chaotic. Hmm. Um, I thought I have a lot to say. I feel like I have a lot to say, but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, so Wolves had had a penalty shout. It should have been a penalty. Oh, I did see that. So yeah, that was it, shocking. Right, I know. Uh, it's not Cause, the only because Onana just basically punched a guy or like <laughs> clobbered. Yeah, nowhere near the ball. Um. Yeah. So if let's just put that aside. So obviously Wolves should have had a penalty. Let's say they converted it. It would have been 1-1. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Let's just put that aside. Let's say they don't get that. Right? That's not even a thing. I think based off of the game state, a fair result would have been nil-nil, one-nil, either side, or one-one. Hmm. I, I think it could have gone anywhere. Um I think Personally, I think Wolves were the better team. They just edged it out. Hmm. Um, but I feel like Wolves had a game plan and they had the engine. So they were the better they were the better side in that regard, right? But obviously United has quality players. So they had the quality that, that Wolves were missing, and it just happened to be that quality won out that it just it just led to one goal, and that's what happened. Um, because it was a good goal. Like uh, Fernandez, like chipped it over the back line into the box. Wambasaka was made a run in and um, and like flicked it on, kind of like looping it over the keeper. And Varane just like headed it in. It was a nice goal. Um, but other than that, they like they didn't look that great. They looked very sloppy, very chaotic, very messy, very fast. Um, United, I don't know. I just wolves. Wolves were surprising to me because I th- came into this season thinking they were going to be absolute garbage, <laughs> which mm-hmm. they yeah. may end up being. Um, but they were putting in the work, and there were multiple times where they just held on to the ball. They made moves. They just did the right things. Like the individual players um, did the right things in the middle of the field in order to like kind of break the press. Um, and all they did was like, they had like a couple of times where, you know, or it, it, they had multiple times where they countered, but each time all it took was like one or two players to have their like back against their United defender and just spin them. And they were off to the races and, um, Cunha from Wolves looked really, really good. He didn't score mm-hmm. if he was more clinical or if they had like, um, like one final like pass or something, Wolves easily would have won that game. Um, I thought Wolves looked really good um, on the counter. 
um, Cunha just like ran. He he would just like take the ball and just run straight down the middle of the field, and they they couldn't get him. Like it was insane. Wow. Um, so I don't I don't really know. I think I don't know. I think Wolves are still not going to be that great. They can't score, obviously. Um, but I th- I thought they looked pretty decent. I don't know that there's any like fantasy relevance for fan honestly i don't think there's any definitive fantasy things to take from this game just because united looked so poor um attacking wise just from my perspective if other people have opinions feel free to chime in i just thought they looked like they didn't really know what they were doing um multiple times i saw someone making a run and taking taking on a defender but Another United another United player would be kind of like in the way and not really know where to go, like which side to make the run on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there was like that happening. Um, it was just Garnacho was not good. I just did not think he, he lost the ball several times. Um, I don't know. I just thought that they were kind of all over the place. Um, and then they just happened to have, you know, Fernandez and Juan Basaka actually – do something um, to, to set up a goal. So um, I don't know. That's kind of like the, the general takeaway. I think personally, I think if that's any team other than Wolves <laughs> or maybe Everton, uh, United United does not keep a clean sheet there. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So, so you're not bullish on someone like Shaw or Anana, for instance? Okay. I'll be perfectly honest. I wasn't coming into this season, so this may be biased, but no, not after watching that. Also, Lucena uh, totally got rinsed. Um, <laughs> it was just insane. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know. I think you should go back and watch the highlights because there are some pretty good breakaways from Wolves, and the United defense just did not look ready. Wow. Yeah. And they've got Harry Maguire just sitting on the bench. <laughs> I don't think Harry Maguire would have helped, I'll be honest. <laughs> they need what they need is some uh what they need is a uh, someone other than Casemiro to play that six role who can like like be a bruiser, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um because that that's what they were missing cuz they multiple times Wolves would just run straight up the middle, which is weird. You normally think of counterattacks like the ball gets played um, kind of into the middle, but then they like shoot it out wide, right? Um, kind of like maybe diagonals, and then they run onto it, and then people follow suit. But wolves were just dribbling down the middle of the field multiple mm. times. It's just it was weird to see because um, I did not expect it from wolves, but they were you know they did everything they could. I think they deserved more out of it than a, than nothing. They deserved at least a point. Mm. Wow. But that's soccer. That's football. That's soccer. And that takes care of all of the games this game week. Um, yeah. yeah, good first first slate of games. Um, yeah, looking forward to, ne- to next week. Is there a particular game next week just to like maybe do like a brief forecast that you're looking forward to? I know for Ooh, me, see. for me, I think uh, Spurs Man United is going to be very telling of both of those teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, that will be yeah, that'll be very interesting. I think that'll be a very fun game. Um I kind of think maybe 
since we were talking about Chelsea, maybe the Chelsea West Ham game to see maybe if actually what is the level of Chelsea at the moment. Yeah. They drew Liverpool, sure, but like let's see them against uh, what should be a lesser side and see if they can um, like how they handle that game. Like, is it going to be? What's the possession going to be like? Is it going to be like 50-50 somewhat? Or is Chelsea going to dominate possession? Or, um, you know, what what, is, what does the game look like? Um, I think that'll be interesting. And I think we'll learn more about that team when they play someone like West Ham. Yeah. And then we've got the an early sort of relegation six-pointer with Sheffield United and Nottingham <laughs> Forest, which, which will be interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, See if Sheffield United is as bad as you say. Yeah, well... And the two teams that are oh, this is our we also have a fir- our first blank game week. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's like Luton two. and who else? Luton and Burnley. <laughs> Why is that? Is that for some? I company? don't know. I honestly don't know. I oh don't wait, know. no, is it for? It's for their pitch. It's, oh. Luton's pitch isn't ready. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Again, and if you haven't listened, if you haven't looked up images of oh, what's it called? Kenilworth Road, I think is what it's called. Kenilmore Road. Um, their stadium, do, do yourself a favor and do it because like, l- there are houses on all four sides and literally you could easily kick a ball from the field out of the stadium, I feel like. Um, some of the stands are very shallow and the the houses are right next to them. Um, Kenilworth Road. Let's take a look at this. It's bigger than I. Oh my god! It's just like right in the middle. It's like, yeah. There's houses like directly up against the wall of one of the stadium of of the stadium, it, and the houses look like those little Monopoly houses, the ones that you like put together until you can build the big one. That's interesting. I I did in that podcast that I listened to about them. It it became clear that um, among other things, the Luton Town fan base is uh, more racially and ethnically diverse than most fan bases because they're in like a majority Pakistani area, um, oh. which is an interesting like um, like difference to most uh, Premier League uh, fandoms, which is cool. Yeah, like a very stark contrast to say Burnley. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. cool. Cool. Should we uh, round it out? Do we have yeah, time? Do you need one to more thing. Uh, so you've got a little dress to the false nines to bring us something to bring to the table, the sartorial table, so to speak. It's just, it's just, and I, I know you call it a dress to the false nines, but there's been hardly any thought put into this. So I don't want any new listeners to think this is the way it normally goes. Taylor usually handles this and, and usually, um, usually brings up something, uh, thoughtful. It's Uh, usually just a rant of mine. Okay, it's a rant, but at least it's something that he's thought through to some degree. This was merely an observation. Um, I noticed that Eric Ten Hag was wearing khakis, um, oh, khaki pants, and it's I realized I have not seen that much on the sideline. So I'm interested in wow. What, I haven't like decided actual khakis, I like the color khaki, the color khaki, yeah, like a brown khaki color um and he was wearing his normal like big black jacket that zips all the way up and it like hangs below his um it hangs below the um the rise on the pants right okay all the way like below the crotch and he's got khakis and like tennis shoes or something 
But I realized that you don't really see that. You either see like uh, suit pants, like a suit, or um, like darker, like like black or really dark, um, like not joggers, but like the training stuff. You know, like yeah. Frank Lampard wore Tom. You know what I mean? So I've never yeah. seen you before. I mean, or at least I've never noticed it. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It feels very informal in a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with especially for Tinog. It feels, yes, it feels informal without being straight to like, we're practicing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I kind of like. I, I think, I think I liked it. I mean, I think, I think there's very little that looks better than like a good pair of khakis and a good sweater, like just plain, sure. perhaps a roll neck sweater. And he's, he's a master of the roll neck sweater. So that's I could true. see I could see that being a combination that comes around out more. October November he's gonna be yeah he's gonna yeah. be um, but no that's interesting I'm trying to think of other managers not necessarily that I've seen wear khakis but even that who I could picture wearing khakis um I I mean I could see someone like Marco Silva maybe wearing khakis At Fulham. Um, I could see maybe Ange Postacoglu wearing khakis. I don't know. I kind of see him wearing shorts. Like <laughs> he's he's like full Marcelo Bielsa. Oh yeah, exactly. I I'm really glad that Ange is in the um is in the league. I'm yeah. he's like kind of becoming like a dad figure. Yeah. So it's really nice that he's there. Um that's so interesting though, because it's it's a very basic the khaki is such a basic part of menswear and uh I, I also really can't... have something else to share too, whenever what? we want to round this out. It has nothing to do with has nothing to do with um dressed with the false signs. It's just something that I remembered. Um earlier today I saw a um <laughs> Gosh, this is so funny. I wish I, I why didn't I not save this picture? Um, earlier today, I was on some website. I was on like a I think some was, website. I was on it was I think it was soccer related. I was reading like some sort of like um, <laughs> I was reading like some sort of like transfer rumor or something. So you know, like one of those publications that's yeah. just rife rife with da- daily wire or something like that. Right, and there's just like those you know those ads that are like very um like. Like <laughs> you know those ads that are like it's like uh like oops the sexiest athlete pictures or something like that you know what I mean <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yeah so it's like those like types of like very clickbaity like they're like oh, they want you to click and then it's just gonna be like very like bland stuff but like there it was what of that. And it was um, it was like a track and it was like a track and field star that was like bent down, um, a woman, and um, it, it looked like she was like pulling her pants down or something, <laughs> but they but they did but they photoshopped uh, uh, an ex Premier League manager like behind her making this making this weird face like a shocked like. I can't believe this is happening, but I'm also enjoying it. <laughs> and can you guess who it was? The ex-Premier League manager? Yeah. <laughs> was it Jose Mourinho? No, but that's kind of close. Antonio Conte? No. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Graham Potter? No. Um, it was Nuno Espirito Santo. <laughs> oh my god. Why? I don't know. Oh. I need to go through I need to go through my history now to see if I can go back and find that particular article and hope that that ad is maybe would still populate because <laughs> I need to take a picture of that. I need to take oh. a screenshot. It was so funny. That is so good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like why would why would Nuno be at a like a a track and field competition? <laughs> Wow, much maligned Nuno Espirito Santo on this, That's on this what he's podcast, getting at least. Days. Yeah. Wow. I will say not. this is not a full dress to the false nines, but a, an addendum to a former dress to the false nines is um, uh, there's a very notable instance of um, undershirt or like long sleeve performance wear undershirt being like brought up over the hands like in Mo Salah style um, yeah. at the Women's World Cup, and it was by Trinity Rodman. Ah. She would do it constantly. Mm. It's like, oh, wow, very Mo Salah of you. Yeah, very nice. I feel like that was the first uh, dress to the False Nines. It was one of them, for sure. It was, it was up. It's, it's been a long standing uh, joke at this point. Not a joke, uh, more of a returning, a recurring bit. It's been a callback multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, we've definitely hit our we've definitely hit our limit here. I think so. Talking about um, man, what a what a chock full episode. Yeah, this was this was a long one. Sorry for keeping you up. You're welcome, listeners. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're not uh, going to pod again for like three months. This was too much. Yes. Um, cool. Well, I think it's time for us to get out of here. Evan, thanks for uh, for potting today. Yeah, thank you for potting today. And do be sure to drop that image in the Discord if you happen to find it. I, I'm going to search all night to find it. I'm going to stay up till midnight. <laughs> all right, listener. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.